Hey, um, we're talking a story that you probably at some point maybe have heard. Listen, I'm going to just say this. Like, I think it's one of the most ripped off stories in Hollywood coming from the Bible. Um, there's movies galore about Noah's Ark, and they're not always about Noah. Um, there's that movie 2012. Anybody ever watch that movie? It's like one of the craziest movies ever. Like, come on now. Uh, these giant, like, armored arcs that everybody's, like, fighting to get to. And, and uh, so, anyways, go watch the movie if you want to watch the movie. But um, then, oh, then you got the movie Noah. Like, who can forget that movie? And you had these, like, giant rock figures that were running all over the land. It was just, I don't know, craziness. So, anyways, this story, though, when you really think about it, like, we, we teach our kids this story like a bedtime fairy tale. Like, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It, it was kind of like, it's crazy. Like, just being real, when you think about the reality of what took place in Noah, with Noah and the ark and, and everything that God was working on and doing, it's a pretty messed up story. And uh, there's a lot of things that, that intertwine in this. And so if you've got your Bibles or you got your phones, uh, open them up, go to chapter 6. And that's where we're going to start. And we're, gonna, we're actually going to work through three chapters today. Um, we're just going to process through and uh, want to give you some new insights maybe. And, and if this is a new story to you, I want to challenge you later in the week to go back and read through 6 through 8. Um, and, uh, and that way you can kind of see what's going on and what's happening a little bit, a little bit more in depth. But, but we're going to start off in, uh, in verse 5, because God saw that human evil was out of control. People thought evil, imagined evil, 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 evil from morning to night. God was sorry that he had made the human race in the first place, and it broke his heart. Here's the reality of it, okay? When we look at what's taking place at this part in Scripture, all right, it's as simple as this. If, if you're standing in this room, if you're online right now, and, and you're a father, you're a parent, uh, you understand this a little bit. Sometimes your kids might do something that is just completely out of line, and you just sit there and go, really? What? Like, where did that come from? Or, or they say something, and you're like, where in the world did you learn that? You know what the answer always is? My brother. Um, and so, <laughs> That's Owen all the time. Owen, where'd you learn that from? Peyton? I just told on Peyton. But, but God is just sitting here. And he's just like shaking his head. He's like, come on now. Like, come on. What's going on here? And, and I, want you, I want to put this into perspective for you. Like, if you didn't just hear where I said we are in Scripture, we're in Genesis chapter 6. We're at the beginning of time still. Like, Noah, a descendant of Adam, right? Like, obviously... He's a 10th generation. Like, Adam is his great, 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 great grandfather. Like, they're not too far apart here. There's not many people on the earth at this point. And all of a sudden, all this stuff is taking place and happening. And, and, and God just says this. He says, I'll get rid of, of my ruined creation. Make a clean sweep. He says this. I'm going to put this in parent terms. I brought you into the world. I'm going to take you out of this world. All right? If you've ever heard that one before. And so God's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start over. I'm going to do a clean sweep. People, animals, snakes, bugs, birds, the works. I'm sorry I even made them. Man, is he disappointed. But Noah was different, Scripture says. God liked what he saw in Noah. 
So this is the story of Noah real quick. Noah was a good man, a man of integrity in his community. Noah walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And as far as God was concerned, the earth had become a sewer. It was nasty. He was so tired of it. But he found favor in this guy named Noah because of how he lived his life. And so he was kind of looking at this going, I guess all hope isn't lost. Like there is some good in the, in the world right now. There is something good here. And, and so, so he goes off and, and God has this discussion with Noah. And, and God says this to Noah. Like, just think about this for a second. Like, God is literally speaking to Noah, having the conversation with Noah. And, and God says this to Noah. It's all over. Think about this. Think if your parent was like coming up to you and they're like, it's all over. It's done. It's the end of the human race. The violence is everywhere. I'm making a clean sweep. I'm done. I'm just, I'm wiping it all out. Noah's sitting here like probably jaw on the ground like, oh, excuse me, you're what? Like what's happening here? This is the guy that created everything. This is the guy that created the heavens and the earth and the universe. And he's talking to Noah and he's just telling, like letting Noah in on his, on his plans. I'm done. I'm done with y'all. Man. So then he tells them, Build yourself a ship from either cedar, teakwood. There's debates out there on what he built it from. They're pretty similar in the way that they are. And, and he tells him to go ahead and build this. And, and, and you can read on for a little bit more, and it tells him, listen, God, God knows how to work things out, okay? And that's what I love about this story is he doesn't just, just say, hey, go out and build a ship. He doesn't say just go out and build an ark. He gives him literally the dimensions to do it. And he goes as far as to talk about the door frames and the windows and, and, and this is how big I need this spot to be and how big I need this spot to be. And here's how many levels I need from you. And here is what's going to happen. And, and so he goes on and he explains what he needs to happen and, and what this needs to look like. And then he drops the bomb. He says, look, I'm going to let you bring your wife with you. And then your three boys, they can bring their wives with you. So there's going to be eight of you. Y'all are going to start over. So you, guys get to, you guys get to be on the ark. And then he goes on a little bit further. And, and, and this is the part that we, we teach our kids, and, uh, but we don't, we don't teach it correctly a lot of times. What, what do we say about animals? What do we say about the animals? They, they, they came in pairs, right? They came two by two. They were, you, you had the male, you had the female. They walked on the ark, and, and they were there. And... Uh, we still question today why some things made the ark. Mosquitoes, one of those. Ethan keeps going back. Well, bats need something to eat. They would have, they would have evolved. They would have found something else to eat. Um, but like, here they go. They go on the ark. They're here. They're loaded up. And we always teach that. But that's not what scripture says. That's not what scripture says. It, they, they do. They take one of each, and, or two, two of each of the unclean animals, but God says, and this is, this is kind of iffy, okay? Check this out. Like, it's either there's seven of them, so there's like three females and four male, or there's seven pairs. We don't know because it gets lost in, in translation, but he talks about the clean animals. So he says, I actually want you to bring, bring seven pairs. I want you to bring seven of the clean animals. Let me drop a bomb real quick, okay? I want you to hear this real quick, because this, this is the part here that, that really gets you thinking, okay? So I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to drop this around for you for a second. So clean animals, those are the ones that, like, chew their cud. They're the ones that have the hooves. And so, like, a, a sheep, you know, it's got a hoofed foot. 
uh, a horse, uh, those type of animals, those are considered clean animals. And then you've got dirty animals. All right? So you got pigs. They're dirty. All right? They're considered dirty because it's, it's one. It's not the two. It's not split. Okay? So here he is. He's calling these animals out. He's doing this. But here's the thing that, like, this is the awe of God. And this is how God talks. All right? I want you to understand this. This whole concept of clean animals and unclean animals was not a thing until Moses wrote Leviticus. That was part of Levitical law. So, so in essence, that wasn't even written for Noah to be able to see, to be able to do that. And so God had to be able to, to translate that to him. These are the animals that I need you to do. Here's how it is. There's a lot of conversation happening whenever you look into what's actually taking place and what's happening with all of this. And so, so we move on to chapter seven and, and he's already, he's, he's called the animals to come out on the ark and they're there and they're, they're loading and God tells them, now board the ship, you and your family and, and, and everybody, get, get all these animals on the ship. Let's get ready to roll. And, and so that's when it says in chapter 7, verse 2, take on board with you seven pairs of every clean animal and a male and a female, one pair of, clean, of the unclean animals, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male, female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. And so again, God lays his entire plan out of here is how this is going to work. But let me drop a bomb if you haven't ever got this one. Noah? Dude's 600 years old, all right? And so, so I've had conversations about this, all right? I don't know if he was like Edward on Twilight, and all of a sudden, like, he hit 17, and he just stayed 17 his entire life, and, and he's, like, slinging boards on his shoulders and carrying them up. Maybe the dude's 600 years old and can barely move and walk, but he's still slinging boards and driving nails. I don't know. I can't answer that for you, but he's 600 years old. All right? There becomes a point in our lives that we hear this a lot. Like, it's time for the younger generation to do something. It's time for the younger people to do that. I'm, I'm too old. I've done my thing. Let me tell you something. You're never too old for God to be able to use you. He's 600 years old here, and God is using him to save humanity. That's crazy. Think about that for just a moment, the, the weight behind this. And listen, this is something else that takes place just a little bit before even all this stuff happens. God's frustrated with humanity, and he's like, I'm sick of this. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to breathe I'm not gonna breathe breath into them for eternity. No. He had 120 years. So Noah made the cut, all right? He made the cut. He's able to stay alive for a little bit longer. But God's already said before this whole thing even happened, he's like, hey, I'm going to let you guys live up to 120, and I'm done at that point. All right, and here's Noah, 600 years old. He's building the ark, getting ready to save humanity. And, and so the flood happens, and you can read about that in your own time, all right? So chapter 7, verses 6 through 24, talks about everything that took place in this time. Listen, you've got to understand that this part of the story, God is starting over. Like, this is judgment right here. Like, this is judgment day. This, this is the day that God comes in and says, oh, no, look, check this out. I'm done. I'm done with this crap. Like, let's, let's move on with this and let's start over. And, and so he, he saved Noah because he was a righteous man, because he walked the walk, he talked the talk, he was there, he was a part of things, and he saves him and his kids. The earth floods everything. Like, the, I, love, I love the message version because it just puts it plainly. The birds died, the animals died, 
All the people that were left on earth died. Like just death, 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 death is what it talks about. And that was the reality of what took place. It's sad. I mean, that is just a sad thing to know what took place at that time. The floodwaters took over for 150 days. 150 days goes by, and these, the earth were flooded. And there becomes a point that Noah sends out a raven to go try to find land. It doesn't find land. And then he gets this dove, and he sends a dove out, and it doesn't find anything. Comes back seven days later, sends it out, gets an olive branch, brings it back, shows them that there's something here. Keeps the dove again, sends the dove out one more time, and uh, the dove doesn't come back, and he knows that land is there. So then God has a talk with Noah. And he tells them to leave the ship with your wife and your sons and your sons' wives. <coughs> and he tells them to take all the animals with him, everything, the birds, the mammals, the crawling creatures, everything. Take them with him and go. So Noah disembarked with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with all the animals, everything. And then Noah goes, check this out. Noah goes, and the first thing that he does, he builds an altar. I'm sorry, but this part's even more messed up, I think. Like, this animal, like, this sheep, like, made the ark, and it's like, yes, check this out. Like, I just made it. Like, I'm better than you. Like, he's so excited. I, I don't know. That's probably what the sheep thinks. And, and he's excited. And he's, like, sees his cousins off in the distance, like, suckers, and they're driving off. All of a sudden, what takes place? Noah gets to dry ground, builds an altar. We know what's coming up because this is the Old Testament. He goes and finds blah, blah, black sheep, throws them on the altar and sacrifices them. He just made it. 150 days floating on an ark. He's excited. I made it. All my life is going to be made. And, and, and Noah said, uh-uh, uh-uh, check this out. And, and it talks about the sacrifices that Noah made. And, and God said that the smell was pleasing and was very pleasing to him. And he was thankful for what took place at that time. That's messed up, man. Like, that's crazy. Um, we believe truly that that's probably where the dinosaurs fed off. Like, they were done. That was part of it. Um, we say asteroid or something else. It was Noah sacrificing them on the altar. Like, and so... Um, it just makes sense. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, but anyways, uh, so he does that, and then God goes, and he blesses Noah in, in chapter 9, and he blesses them, and he, he says this, prosper, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. Every living creature, birds, animals, fish, will fall under your spell and be afraid of you. You're responsible for them. All living creatures are yours for food, just as I gave you the plants. I don't know if you guys heard that or not, for those of you who are vegans or vegetarians, but um, I'll give creatures... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Um, I gave you the plants as well, so there you go, justified. Uh, now I give you everything else except for meat with lifeblood, so don't, don't eat it while it's alive. That's disgusting. God's like, you're gross. Um, but your own lifeblood, I will avenge. I will avenge... A, it against both animals and other humans. And he goes on and he talks about some different laws and stuff. He's saying, quit killing each other. Like, that's crazy. I don't understand why you were doing that. I don't understand why that was even a thing. Stop it. Like, you were made in my image. Quit. 
And, and, and then he goes on for a little bit more, and then he, he has this covenant, which is this promise. This is this deal that he gives, and he, he tells them, I, I'm setting up my covenant with you that never again will everything living be destroyed by floodwaters. No, never again will a flood destroy the earth. I love that, because when you feel like the waters are sweeping you under, God's saying, I'm not going to destroy this place with that. Come on now. That's my promise to you. And then he goes on to say that, that from now on, when I form a cloud over the earth and the rainbow appears in the cloud, I'll remember my covenant. I'll remember it. I, my bad. Yep, you're right. I'm not going to destroy you today. I thought about it. You know, he had that, I brought you into this world. I'm going to take you out of this world mentality for a minute. And he's like, oh, rainbow, we're good. Okay. And, uh, and so I'll remember my covenant between me and you and everything living that never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. So this goes on. This is it. Like this is this is the start of humanity again, part two, um, and uh, and here they are. And uh, the part that they don't teach in kids' church, I don't know why. I think this should be taught. I think it's hilarious. It's not hilarious, but it's it it goes along with this. Noah, you know what the first thing that he does is, the man goes out and he plants a vineyard. Like that's his first objective in life as this new world is. He's going to go out and plant a vineyard. And so he goes out, plants this vineyard. There's, there's grapes galore. And what do you do in a vineyard? You make wine. And so Noah goes out and he gets, he just gets hammered. Like he's bad. It talks about that. He's drunk. He's passed out. And the worst part about this is he's naked. Like this is a bad night for Noah. And uh, see, that's what I'm saying. Like we just skip over this part. Listen, the guy that saved humanity, the guy that saw favor, God saw favor, he messed up. Like, it happens. I want you to hear that today because you might be in a really good place with God at some point in your life and all of a sudden you just kind of, you kind of fall off and you're like, oh man, like that's my life. Like that's my life story. I just mess it up. I'm always doing something good and then I just mess it up. Well, here's Noah. He's passed out drunk, butt naked. His son walks in on him like, woo, dad, woo, no way. And he walks out. What's the first thing he does? Exactly what any kids would do. They go and tell their siblings, dad is naked. I kicked him a little bit. He didn't move. I don't know what's going on. And his brothers are like, I got this. And they take this cloth and they wrap it around them. But they're like, I don't want to see this man. Whew. He's 600 years old. <laughs> they throw the blanket on them. They walk backwards and they guess where he's at and just kind of dump it off and leave him there. And now he's got a blanket covering him up. But then Noah gets up and he's mad. And he's like, Dude, you saw what? Like, no way. And he curses his son, and then the story goes on from there, okay? So um, I just had to end with that one, because that's like, what in the world? The story is nuts. But it's, uh, but man, I'm going to tell you something. What's, what's crazy about this story is that we can learn so much and apply it to our lives. And a lot of times, like, we look at things, and we go, how can we even apply that story to our life? Well, number one, there's going to be a point that we're going to be judged. Not by you people. Not by man, but by God himself. There's going to be a day, of, a day of judgment. And that's exactly what took place in that time. He said, no, like this world is full of wickedness and, and it's crazy. There's hate. There's killing. There's all this stuff happening. And, and, and it's, time to, it's time to do this. And, and so there's going to be a point. John writes about it in Revelations if you've never heard about it. You can go and read that one as well. And he talks in depth about that. Here is what it's going to look like. We're going to face that someday. Whether we're here alive and we see everything that takes place and we're a part of it, I hope we're not. I hope that he takes us before that point. But there is going to be another point where this is going to happen. Not with water, 
but this is going to take place. But I want you to hear a couple things real quick. We learn from this story that we can hurt the heart of God with our sin. God can't ignore it because he is holy and righteous, and it hurts. As a parent, I now understand some of the hurt that I afflicted upon my parents at times when they just went, what are you doing? Like, that's so stupid. Like, did we raise you that way? No. Did I, did I raise you in a barn? Got that all the time. Shut the door. Did I raise you in a barn? Or do I own DPNL? It's not DPNL anymore. Um, and so, uh, but we, you know what? Like, that's not a sin. If your parents tell you this, it's not a sin. Um, but why can't God ignore it? It's because he's holy. He's righteous. And we were built in his image and made in his image. And so therefore, it bothers him. It hurts him. He, he grieves with us because he knows that we could be so much better. God always provides a way for us to begin again with him. Like, that's so important for us to hear. Like, he always provides a way. He provided a way when Noah, like, he was done with humanity, but he provided a way for humanity to continue on and to keep going. And so God continues to do that with us today. He is willing to do the same thing over and over and over again for us today. It's never too late for a new beginning because God will always provide a way for us. And I love that. Even, even when you mess up to the point that you feel like nobody's ever going to accept you again, God is still there accepting you back. Oh, I love that. And then he does this. We are not always going to understand God and his ways. But I promise you this, that we can trust him. You've got to know this. Like, if you're hearing this story, you've got to be sitting here going, Noah was like, what the crap is going on? Like, this is nuts. Like, first thing, you're going to drop a bomb on me that you're done with all of this and you're going to wipe it out. And then all of a sudden, you're going to move on from that and you're going to make me build an ark at 600 years old. What is wrong with you? And he's just like, you know, like he had some doubts. He had some like, what's going on here? Like, seriously, you want these animals to come? Like, can't we just like leave? Can't we leave the snakes behind? I mean, come on now, like, why? Can't we just leave them, the mosquitoes? Come on, God. Like, they're going to sting me. They're going to bite me while we're on the yard. Come on now. Like, what's happening here? But, but he knew and understood that his plan ultimately provided a way for him to come to salvation. Listen, if this story didn't happen, salvation wasn't going to happen. God was done. But God sees the bigger picture. And so we have to trust him even when we don't understand his ways. Because in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, jot this down, write this down, go back and read it later. Read it when you're in a place that you just don't understand what's happening in your life. Because it says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. He thinks about things that we could never comprehend and things that we could never even think of. And when we beg for God to do something in our life and it doesn't happen the way that we want it, it's because his ways are so much deeper than ours that we could never imagine what it is that God can do in and throughout our lives. And we take that away from this story. Because we know that God's ways are so much greater than anything that we could ever comprehend or do. And we can only obey God, even if the world thinks that we're crazy. We can continue to obey God. Listen, I've seen it. I believe this is a very accurate movie as to what it looked like with Noah, but 
but Evan Almighty, um, Steve Carell, best Noah ever. Um, and uh, he's this congressman. He goes out, and, and then all of a sudden, he starts to grow a beard, and he starts to wear his guard. He, he tried to get away without it, but he's popping out of his suit jacket because it just kept showing up. And then they're trying to figure out what's going on with this guy. And everybody's making fun of him, and they're making fun of him because he's building this ark. It's not raining. There's a drought. Like, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, animals are showing up and all this stuff. And uh, it's just craziness. But even when things were difficult, he still made a way to obey. Sometimes obeying God means believing and doing things that the world will not understand. But we know that God honors our obedience to him. The last thing, one of the greatest things that we take from this story, that all things are possible with God. God is able to do far above what we know, expect, and even understand. That was true of him then, and it's still true of him today. He did it in Noah's situation, and he can do it in yours. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 21, uh, 20 and 21, it reminds us the truth, and it says this, that he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. All things are possible through God. He doesn't understand and know the word impossible. Let God work in and throughout you. <clears throat> Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the moments in life when it just feels like we're drowning, but we know that you promise that you've got us. The same ark that was built then is the same ark that rescues us today. You are there. You hold us tight. When it seems like everything else is lost and nobody is there for us, you are there providing a way. So, Father, Use us today. Call us, challenge us, lead us, Father. Because your ways are far greater than ours and your thoughts are far greater than anything that we could ever think of. And we rest knowing that you are in control. So Jesus, I love you so much and it's in your name I pray, amen. Hello, my name is Doug Doms. I'm the executive pastor here at the Movement Church. It is through your blessings that this ministry continues to reach out and touch lives that might not have been touched otherwise. If you want to continue to support our ministry, please go to movementchurch.community and please remember to tell your friends, go on social media, Tell your friends at Movement 937. God bless you and have a wonderful day and thanks again.